Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode. Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. For the past year, or maybe it feels like for the past three years, but really this past year, I've been working on creating the most impactful, most useful coaching experience for female founders who need some structure, some accountability to understand how to implement repeatable marketing systems in their business. I want to invite you to join the waitlist because the program will be launching in June of this year, so only a couple weeks away. And I want you to be the first to know, my podcast listeners. So what I've created is a six-week experience, live coaching, group consulting um, program, which will have uh, pre-recorded videos and resources to sort of teach you every step of the client value journey. And each week, there's going to be live office hours. It's going to be... um, The cohort is going to be a controlled size, so I'm going to know your business. You're going to have access to me. It will be as if I am your marketing director in your business, guiding you in exactly what you should be doing, um, holding you accountable for just implementing your best practices with your team, and so much more. And after the six weeks is over, I also will have for the cohort... um, the cohort group only, a long-term way in which you could be part of my community and have ongoing accountability, ongoing access to me um, beyond the six weeks. My intention with this is to really take the stress, the headache, the question marks away from how do I actually create revenue, create sales-focused marketing program for my business, um, take away that stress, take away the confusion, and just have me help you directly. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, please get yourself on the waitlist, the cohort. Um, I'm going to be welcoming a new cohort each quarter, but space is limited. So if you want, you know, this 2022 to be the year that you really get your act together when it comes to your marketing systems and having just that flow of leads and revenue in your business, then I do invite you to join me. Get on the wait list and you'll be receiving more information as it comes. All you have to do is go to uglyventures.com backslash waitlist. That is U-G-L-I ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S backslash waitlist, W-A-I-T-L-I-S-T. Hope to see you in there. Now let's get to the episode. Hello, welcome to this week's episode. 
today we're going to be talking about something a little personal to my experience and I really really hope that you find it helpful. I think I think it will be. Um, so let's get started, right? I'm going to be talking about five things that can change how you show up as a leader in life and in business. And so I want to start a little bit by sharing how I began my consulting company, which actually didn't start as a consulting company um, years ago. Now it's about seven more than seven years ago, I found myself without without a job. My family, we'd moved to Mexico, and I had been working for the past, gosh, like seven, eight years in hospitality. And the company I was working for, which was based in Dubai, ended up moving all of the operations to Dubai, and I was sort of left with this choice of moving to Dubai to the headquarters and um, or not. And I had been to Dubai and it just wasn't the right choice for our family at the time. And so I found myself sort of in this moment of needing a job. And we had moved to Mexico for my husband's job. He's in logistics. And we were living in Cancun, which is sort of an interesting market in and of itself, but there's a lot of hotels. So Having experience in hospitality, I I sort of went on the journey to find a job in-house, right? Um, but what I found was for marketing director, which was the position I was had held previously, there there weren't there weren't a lot of the big brands had that position there in Cancun. It was like based out of Mexico City. So needless to say, I was sort of in this moment where I could take a position like a lower position at a hotel, and it just would have been a lot of time commitment. And my son at the time was only two years old, so he still needed a lot. Um, and we were in a country that wasn't our country. So there was like a lot of moving factors. And I'm, I share this because I think, you know, there is this has been, I think, the past couple years, especially, and especially after COVID, just this like mass exodus of women from the traditional workplace. And there's so many reasons for that, right? But mainly because a lot of us have found that, you know, the cost of childcare versus what salaries are and just the idea that there's so many ways, there's so many alternative ways to work and sort of be more present for the family or be more flexible, um, now that we're just in this virtual world. So I was sort of faced with this decision of, you know, just keep plugging away to get a traditional job or start taking like an alternative course. And this is what led me to start Ugly, which at the time, actually, when I first started, you know, and I think it's fun to to share this because I, I personally had a lot of twists and turns in my career. And when I started out by myself, I really was just an open book. I learned a little bit about real estate. I learned about coffee. I had this like fascination with coffee and started sort of learning about coffee and went to barista school. And I enjoyed that so much. Like I really satiated 
going down different paths to like towards my interest to see like what my thing could be. But at the end of the day, I looked at my resume and I said, listen, I've had, you know, at that point, it was almost 10 years of marketing experience. You kind of make this idea to like double down on what you know. And I thought I could just get exponentially further, just really going all in on marketing instead of starting from scratch. And I, and I love marketing and I love teaching it and I love learning about it. So that, that fit for me. But, you know, I hope that this makes you just take a moment and think about your entrepreneurial journey. Like how did you sort of end up building your business, building your startup? Like what were the seeds that led you to where you are today? And when I started my business, originally I was a marketing agency. So I had, you know, a handful of staff to execute marketing, um, just the marketing functions. And I started working exclusively with hotels because that was really where my, um, where my network was. And it was great. I learned a lot of lessons, like really <laughs> hard lessons. Having an agency is really, really tough. Um, but it was an experience I needed to have because that led me to what my business looks like today, which is working as a fractional CMO, building my my teams individually, having the freedom and flexibility to work with any kind of company across any vertical keeps me on my toes. And it has opened me up to this beautiful thing of teaching about marketing through the podcast and through the various programs. So I feel so grateful for my journey. But what I really wanted to hone in today was sort of the the roadmap that now I can see in hindsight from when I started, how I conducted myself, how I can how I organized my life, how I conducted myself in business at the beginning to where I am today, which I think is a full circle. And I think that I've really gotten to an awesome place where I'm completely confident in what I do, the value that I bring, the systems that I have, the team that I build, how I hire a new team. Like, I didn't start this way. In fact, one story that I, that I love from my agency days was just getting so duped, hiring terrible people to work with, you know, just being really doe-eyed and so like optimistic and not really knowing how to screen for the right people um, and just running into trouble. And I, I think that could be a whole other podcast episode because of course, when you're the founder or you're, you know, you're like the owner of the agency, which I was like, it all, you know, you're responsible. It all falls on you. So if you hire crappy people, it's all on you. And when those people don't deliver, it's all on you, right? So team has been important, but there's so many other things that I have learned. And I feel embarrassed that it's taken me just like years to really understand these lessons. And these five things I'm going to go through right now are things that probably are things you've heard before. But for me, I've had to hear it just dozens and dozens and dozens of times before they started really clicking. So let's go to the first one. The first one 
is wrapping your head around and implementing what 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 is called just in time learning. So I think as women, like I definitely got into this rut where I wanted to start a biz, you know, start my business as it is today, start the consulting, start, te- you know, teaching, marketing, all these things. And so I went through this about a couple of years of just like buying every course. I can't even tell you the thousands of dollars that I spent just getting different courses, different coaches, different programs. And in hindsight, of course, I've learned really awesome things from each course that I bought. Like I don't have any regrets, even for like the $7,000 course that I bought way before I was ready for it. Um, there's no bitterness or, or anger around that because it was the process I had to go through. But I think that courses and coaching are incredibly valuable, but you have to have some discernment on what you really need. And I have, I see now and what I, how I sort of get to the next level now is by just implementing and getting as far as you can with like until you've outstretched like what your ability is. And then you buy the course and you learn and you get the team to help you execute. So the the moment that I realized this, I remember, um, and I think, I'll, I don't know if you are in this camp, but for me, you know, I think that there's a lot of insecurity around the idea of just like buying course after course after course and just not all like getting with it already, like feeling like the answer is somewhere out there instead of being confident that you can solve problems yourself and that you have the answers and this and can develop systems. But for me, I remember I paid for B school and B school's great. Like B school is Marie Forleo's like signature program. Um, it's basically like an online version of business school, but for like digital entrepreneurs. And I remember the the course isn't cheap. It's like a couple thousand dollars. And I remember buying it and going through the whole thing and just realizing like, I know all of this stuff like this. I am not the target market for this course. Like, and, and reflecting like, why in Sam hell did I buy this course? Like, I've been working in marketing for 10 years. Like I'm a, I already have all the tools I need to, to do the things that I want to do. Right. But it's this idea of like trying to learn everything before you get started. Whereas opposed to like where I am today, which is, okay, well, I need to understand how to get more production out of the Facebook ads. So I have our Facebook account manager for the, you know, in the teams that I, that I lead. And now I'm going to like go and you know, get into some high level masterminds or do some courses based on how I can help guide that team member better, right? That's much more useful than me, like trying to learn how to do the Facebook management myself in order to be able to better guide the team member, right? So it's sort of like discerning what is really needed in a given situation, and then actually learning the thing like when it's appropriate, right? Because sequencing is really important. Like it's, you can't 
worry about running ads before like you actually made a product that you have like product market fit, right? It's like you need to be sure that you have product market fit before you start running ads. So don't waste your time learning about ads before you finish that step. It's just an example. So just in time learning, like treat your time like it is the most precious thing in the world because it is. And I feel like as as founders, like you're always getting into your inbox, like the next webinar, the next course, the next networking event, the next conference, the next whatever. But apply some filters to like what you're going to engage in based on the stage of business that you're in. And I think we live in this beautiful time where there's an abundance of resources for anything you want to learn. But you could just get caught in this trap of like this learning cycle over-educating yourself and it just not being relevant, right? So that's number one. Um, And I've learned this totally the hard way. Okay, the second practice that has completely changed my life, and Lord knows I've heard this for years and it just was, it took me so long to actually implement. But now that I've actually created the habit, my life is completely different. And that is planning your entire week before it starts. So... Every single Sunday, and I like to do it on Sunday. I'm sure you can do it on Friday. Every single Sunday, I look through my Google calendar and I go day by day and I actually write in a physical planner because that's just what I like. I use a physical paper planner. I write, um, well, I plan the things that are most important to me, like my gym, like I need to get to the gym that every day, like or whatever, almost every day. But I plan in the chunks of time that I'm going to do that because that is like, for my mental sanity, makes me feel so much better throughout my week. So I plan that first. I put in the times that I'm going to go to the gym. Then I have the times that I need to pick up the kids or bring them to activities or anything that I need to do for for them. And then I look at my Google Calendar of all the meetings that I have and I physically plug them in. So now I'm looking at my calendar with... Um, all my appointments, like all my obligations, all the things that I want to do. And then I write my to-do list, right? I look at the week, I say, what are, and this is really important. This is something that took me so long to understand. What are like the two to three things that I must accomplish this week? And like, of course, like the little shit things, little tasks, like they will come in and out, right? You might have to do more than that, but like, what are the non-negotiable two or three things that is going to like move my business forward that need to get done? And for me, a lot of times that is content creation, getting this podcast done, right? And then any big deliverables I have for my clients, I make sure to plug that in. And when I'm looking at my calendar, like on the whole week view, and I see where these little white space pockets are, where's like the half an hour or one hour throughout the day where I can start plugging in time to work on those two or three major things that need to happen. And it's great because it's like having your own personal assistant because you look at that planner and you know right there like what you should be working on at all times. It makes me feel really taken care of. Now I have tried for years to just use the Google Calendar. Like I have color-coded, I have you name it, like I have used the Google Calendar and for some reason, it just is not stuck. Like as I'm writing it down on a physical paper calendar, like that planner, 
it has space for me, you know, I, I, you know, I put in all the meetings or whatever. And the other thing I do that's really useful too, is I highlight in different colors, the different things. So like, for example, my gym, like anything personal, I highlight in blue. So it's like the highlighter in blue is like, okay, those are the things that are my personal stuff that have to happen. Those are usually at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. And then um, I have my meetings all plugged in. And those are usually like in a different color. Or sometimes I don't actually even highlight those. But then I always highlight the space for working on those two to three goals. So it's like my eyes are always drawn. It's like, listen, that meeting's over. Because you're going to get reminders from the Google on the meetings. But you want your eye drawn to like, okay, like now is the time that I have to work on this proposal or this is the time that I set to like do this task. So highlighting it really works. And I also love um, this hack of using the paper planner as well because in my planner, there is space on the top and the bottom, which is really great just to like put notes throughout the day. So whenever I'm doing calls, I just make a note of any little small action item or whatever that needs to be done from the call. And I, I tend to highlight those as well just to make sure that I get them done. But then everything's like there. Then I close the week. What's also gorgeous about that is when I'm planning for the next week, like the upcoming week, I have all in one space, all of my notes, like, and I don't, I try to be very minimalist on the notes because I found through the years, I just could take notes and notes and notes that are just pointless. I only take notes on things that I need to take action on. Otherwise, I keep them in Asana, which I use for project management or whatever. If they're like notes that are ideas or what have you, but action item things, it's like, okay, I'm planning the next, the upcoming week. And I look at my paper planner and I could see right there, oh, did I miss any of like a little task that I forgot to do? Like I forgot to, you know, add someone to this project or forgot to make a meeting with whomever. But you can, if something like didn't happen, you can kind of carry it over to a task. Um, but you can review that whenever you're reviewing um, the previous weekend planning for the upcoming week. So that has been like the biggest game changer in my life. And it took a long time to establish this habit. I just couldn't understand why I just did not connect with the with the digital calendar. Like there's just something there. I don't know what it is, but like writing down on paper just for some reason it like clicks. It's more tangible. I think it's because on the phone, like I'm getting so many notifications all day for like all the shit like the whatsapp messages and like I have like a reminder for drinking water and all this stuff that like I get desensitized and it just doesn't feel as tactical as actually writing it down on physical paper so planning your day uh, planning your week before it starts amazing game changer amazing game changer you could even do this practice and then if you have like a lot of execution tasks at the end of the day, like do the same thing for planning for the next day, but just planning ahead, like really taking care of that future self of yours, like making sure that she has all that she needs to thrive. It's just like a gift you can give yourself. So that's number two. Number three is also like a really hard learned lesson, which I've heard from millions of people, I feel, um, all of these books about 
building good habits and getting in flow and all these things talk about the value of chunking your days by topic. And I have tried to implement this for so long, but I was like, this is the difference. I was interested in implementing it, but I wasn't really committed in implementing it until literally this year, I just put my foot down and I said, no, like I can't be context switching all the time. So I need to set time aside for my team meetings. So like all of the marketing teams that I lead as a fractional CMO, all of my meetings are on Monday and my Monday meetings all have the same exact agenda, right? I use the same exact agenda for each team and they're just like consecutive one after the other. But I'm always in this mode of, okay, I'm talking to my marketing team. We're going through our goals or going through wins or looking at the scorecard just boom, 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 boom. And by the end of Monday, I feel so accomplished. I feel so focused. And like, when all those meetings are done, I have a little bit of this like white space to do something else. Like I have the energy to do something else because I haven't been context switching all day. So like Mondays are my team meetings. Um, You know, Tuesday, Thursdays are usually like syncs with clients. Wednesday, which is today is my content creation day. And Friday's my networking day. So if I'm going to have like just like coffee with other founders or networking with investors or whatever, I always keep that for Fridays. Now, of course, it doesn't always work out this way, but the more you can stick to it, like the better your just mental capacity to like be productive is. It is just, it is amazing. Um, So I really would encourage you to do the same because I didn't guard my calendar well enough in the past and people would pop in it's also like a self-respect thing you know it's like I always put everyone else's schedules ahead of my own um always wanting to sort of accommodate everyone but the problem is is like the problem is is like you just during the day you just don't you don't get that productivity you don't get that focus work time you need and so in the end I just was the one that had to be finishing up tax tasks to like 11 p.m at night which is like I'm happy to work in in the evenings but I, I don't want to purposely put myself in the situation where I need to do that you know I want to be respecting sleep and like respecting all the other things that come up with the family like for so many years I worked in this with this idea of like the night is always available. Okay. Like the night is just always work time. Like it's always just extra time to squeeze in like those work hours. But what I have found though, is like, there's always something that comes up. Like the kids don't go to bed or like they need water. They like, my kids feel, this is something that's so freaking annoying, but my kids like, I like energetically feel when I'm working late or when I'm up early trying to like have some me time. So I have a really hard time doing these like morning practices or like, you know, the 5 a.m. club or whatever, because for some reason, if I'm like burning the midnight oil is the day when someone wakes up and they don't feel good or someone can't get to bed or my little one starts crying for no reason. And in the mornings, it's sort of like the same. Just this morning, I like try to wake up early and just meditate and journal and most days I can like get it done but every couple of days someone wakes up just unusually early and interrupts it and it's just part of the the thing but 
chunking your days down and trying to get your work done during the workday, like give that gift to yourself. Just in that sense, like for me, I put myself second and what and my business second so often. And it's just, um, it just doesn't serve anyone, just doesn't serve anyone. So that's number three, chunk your days by topic. Number four, this may seem obvious, but it is so important. And that is planning the meals, planning the meals, like how much mental space goes into like figuring out what to have for dinner, figuring out what to eat for lunch. Oftentimes, like for years, I just like ate crap during the day because I'm home working during the day and they're just like, it's too much effort to like get out a pan and like make a whole lunch. It's like such a hullabaloo. So now I just make sure that there's like pre-cooked chicken just in the fridge that I can just toss over salad and or like a can of tuna and like a bag salad it's like such a good hack is like these little salad kits you just mix them they're so yummy um and then you just put a protein in there and there you've got like lunch and then you got like a yogurt for dessert or whatever or a protein bar or whatever and like you are nourished and you feel happy like I I will admit like I usually don't stop working to eat lunch that's just because like I need all my available hours and that's how I set up my life and that doesn't bother me But if you need to take that time and have like an hour lunch break, by all means, do it. But the last thing you want is like to really worry about like cooking and then cleaning up, right? So planning the meals. The other thing is like another habit I do every Sunday is write out the dinners for the week. So I don't have to like plan it to the T, but I know like every night what protein we're eating so I just don't have to think about it like it seems like such a small thing but if I look on the fridge and I'm like oh it's salmon tonight how easy I already have in my wheelhouse like what my salmon you know and I don't get very fancy during the week and that's it's completely fine um but it's like just what's the protein what's the vegetable and what's the starch if you're gonna do rice or potatoes or whatever it's like It just, for some reason, it's like so calming when I just can look at the fridge and just know, know that the salmon is there or the chicken's there and all I have to do is cook it. For some reason, like actually looking at the fridge, at the salmon and the chicken and the ground meat and whatever and making that decision, for some reason, it just takes, it takes a lot out of me. Um, So that's another thing I do to be really efficient. So that's number four, plan your meals. Now we're to the last one, number five, and this is the most important one, but I wanted to end with this one because I feel like number five here is what becomes the catalyst. What becomes the the bigger, higher power that doing one through four is going to help free up the mental space and energy for you to have the power and the creativity to do number five. So number five is to create a vision for yourself. So if you listen to my podcast at all, I talk so much about creating a vision for your business. But today I want to talk to you about creating a vision for you, for yourself, how you show up every day in your life, how you experience life. And I know, I know you founders, I know 
you guys started your business with so much passion and so much excitement and you probably have some really big visions for where you want to take the business, right? It's like you're IPOing, you're changing the world, you're, you know, you're starting a charity, you're doing whatever. Like the beauty of female founders is that we always have like these big visions for our business and, and what we want to produce. But what about how you want to experience life every day? So these hacks that I'm sharing with you have made my experience of actually working every single day, which is like really what your life is made up of. It's really made up of the mundane. Like, are you feeling joy? Is your cup being full by the way that your days and your weeks are structured? Do you feel like you're showing up to meetings or showing up for your team as the version of yourself that makes you happy and excited and proud, right? I have gone on a big evolution with this. And I think it maybe it'll be useful to share. But when I was growing up, my family, God love them. I don't think they listen to this podcast, but <laughs> my family is so like loving and fun and full of life and full of joy and I just feel so blessed to have had parents and my brothers were were all so close and we're all like so fun loving okay but we wouldn't have the reputation I think us Hajars as being particularly reliable I don't think we'd have the reputation for showing up on time to places. I don't think we'd have the reputation of having our shit together. I think that we all sort of collectively as like a family unit. Now, everyone's an individual, but I think as a family unit, we would be like the fly by the seam of your pants kind of, you know, move with the wind, sort of act on our impulses like, oh, let's have a party tonight kind of people. And that's so beautiful. But I have struggled for the past almost 10 years becoming a business owner, right? Being, you know, building my consulting company, building my, my, my teaching platforms, all of this stuff, doing this podcast, having this story that I am a mess. In fact, me and my best friend in college, like we just had this phrase, like everyone's a mess, kind of like we're messes, everyone around us a mess, the whole like everyone's a mess. That was like one of our catchphrases. And so it just kind of like always stuck in the back of my mind. And what ended up happening is like it started showing up in ways that made me so ashamed and so frustrated. Some example of this is like especially in the last two years. I've been really working on this, but it's been like missing important events, like feeling totally gutted. I'll never forget this. Like, this is such a bad mom thing of me to share, but you know, I, I was always so frazzled by my changing schedule, which is why planning your week before it starts has changed my life. But I was so frazzled moving from like thing to thing and all of the notifications for like schools and events and birthday parties. Like I can't tell you how many days, how many times I have 
showed up for birthday parties on the wrong day because I just did not have the discipline to like put them in my calendar or double check the dates. But one day I, again, like trying to balance so many things, got a message from my son's school that there was like an honor roll ceremony. Oh my God, I'm so terrible. And I swear to God, like I knew it was happening. I didn't have clear the day it was or the time it was. And I had scheduled work calls because someone got onto my schedule because I wasn't like being vigilant enough with my with protecting my schedule like someone pops into my calendar I totally forget it was the honor roll and I missed it like I missed that moment with my son and like I I I was so just devastated with myself so upset with myself for being a mess but this was the was the narrative I'm a mess. I don't have my things together. I'm not an organized person. Like there's people that out there in other worlds that are other homes that are, you know, that have it together, that that's not me. And I've worked really hard to change that vision. And I have to say, like, it's a daily practice. Like just at the tail end of last year, I missed like a, an interview with someone like a podcast interview I had scheduled because some other things were happening with, you know, flights and things were changing, but I got so distracted and I just, it was in my calendar, but it just, my thoughts were not organized. I was not focused. And so I I missed it. And like, it is just disappointment on like the deepest level. And so in number five, creating a vision for yourself, like I have been consciously building this vision for myself as being a very focused and intentional person. And while, yeah, some old habits still do slip in, like, you know, coming from this family that is very spontaneous and there's all the beautiful things that come with that. But intentionally being, you know, I'm not a person that's going to be running late to the airport and being all frazzled. I'm not a person that's going to miss important things uh, for, for my kid's school. Um, you know, and just being conscious of that person that I want to be, I can say like, okay, am I hundred percent there? No. But from what I was, you know, five years ago to today, I say I'm, I'm like 90% there. And I think not only the way that others treat me and the feedback that I get from the people I work with, right? Like I've gotten feedback from people of how, how organized I am, how on top of things I am, whatever, like, this kind of feedback shows me that my uh, living into the vision has actually really changed the way that others perceive me and how I perceive myself. So that's just one example. I mean, you could have a vision for yourself like that you, you know, dress a certain way or your health is in a certain like, you know, that you have different health practices or that you are more mindful with your family and with your kids. Like there's a better work-life balance that you feel really energized when you're working instead of drained. Like I really invite you to take the time to create a vision, like write it down and look at it often. Um, One practice that I do that I've done for years now, maybe about two or three years, is write down a gratitude journal, which a lot of people do, 
Now, I'm going to say this because I think it's important. Do I get to it every single day? No. Do I meditate every single day? No. Do I work out every single day? No. Do I eat well every single day? No. But I can say with confidence that most of the time, most of the time in the week, I am practicing these habits. So gratitude journal, I try to do every single day. I usually do miss maybe one or two days a week. But I think it's important to communicate that because for so many years, I've thought like, well, if I'm not being perfect about it, there's like, what's the point? It's just, it. it's not the point. The point is to return back to the habits. But anyhow, for years, I've been doing five, you know, five gratitude, you know, five things what I'm grateful for. But then also writing down 10 goals I have for myself. And I look at them nearly every single day. And one of the goals I wrote down for myself is I'm a focused and intentional person. And I was reflecting on it just this past week of like, oh, yeah, like I actually think, you know, I started writing that maybe last year, but I believe like really well, like I could even take that off now. I feel like I've crossed over. I am a focused and intentional person because I've put these as these five habits I'm sharing now. It's like I've put these practices in place that allow that, right? I don't make my mind completely full. I don't make my schedule completely full. The white space I have actually gives me the opportunity to be more intentional and focused. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Create the vision for yourself. If you can just get still with yourself, you know, crisscross applesauce on the ground, you know, close your eyes, put your hand on your heart and just envision what is the more fabulous version of you that you're trying to get to not just like what you want to have or what you want your business to do right how do you want to show up to your team meetings how do you want to show up to your relationship to your to your family um you know how do you want to feel and then start taking small actions every day that's going to get you there even the teensiest weensiest tiniest thing So if you feel like you want to be more energized before your team meetings, right? Because you have to communicate with your team, the enthusiasm, the excitement, keep them really pumped. Even if you're on a shoestring, you know, bootstrapped budget, right? You need to keep everyone highly motivated, right? What's like a small step you can take? Maybe you make sure that the night before a team meeting, you always get eight hours sleep. Like non-negotiable, something so small you can do, get to bed earlier, right? Or... You know, if you want to be more mindful, say, I'm going to start a meditation practice. And like, Lord knows, it seems so hard to find time in the day to sit down and meditate. But I will tell you, I've been able to meditate now for years, maybe like five years now. I'm meditating almost every day. But I use an app that I only meditate for three minutes, three. And I've tried like, oh, feel guilty. I should meditate for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour. And every time I try to do that, the habit is broken because there's too much going on. I mean, just the season of my life right now doesn't allow for that. But I get prompted for three minutes. I can pretty much maintain that every single day. And then I can like linger, okay? The app, it's a three-minute thing. If I want to keep going, I'll keep going without any pressure. But all this to say, there's a lot of eensy-beensy, teeny-weeny little things that you can do that move you towards that vision And I challenge you to think of one thing that you can do this week that's going to help you move to that version of yourself you long to be.
So I know this was a little bit of a different episode, not quite about marketing, but I think it's sort of all wrapped together in some way. Um, I appreciate you listening. I, I hope that it was helpful and I hope to see you back here next week for the Marketing for Startups podcast. You did it. You made it to the end of the episodes. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. It also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. I am always so appreciative to hear from you and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.